With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for downloading. If this is the first time that you've come across the Fight Disciples podcast, please subscribe via our website, fightdisciples.com. All our previous episodes are there with fighters that we've spoken to and episodes that we've done regarding our uh, thought process in the fight game. All there on our website for you to enjoy, fightdisciples.com. Coming up on today's show, even though we fully enjoy the fact that ITV are back in the boxing game, Nick has a bone to pick with them. I've got two criticisms, okay. Go on. Two criticisms. Me and you didn't present it. Well, obviously, that's, that's <laughs> fucking... That's the main criticism. Yeah, exactly. Get a grip, ITV. This is where it's at. We also answered the question, is Amir Khan deluded? He's, he's Honestly, he's on a different planet. Now, I get what Eddie said. Amir Khan still may, in terms of pay-per-view, be a slightly bigger draw. Okay. 55-45 then. 55-45... 60-40 had a massive... But even then, I'd be like, fuck, who advised Kel? That's terrible, 60-40. And once again, we're talking walkout music, and Nick has been inspired. I was just... I was sitting there, and I was kind of... It was between rounds, and I'm sitting there, you know, having a little look on social media, see what people are thinking. And then I just hears this soundtrack in the background, and I was thinking, fuck, this would be a killer walkout tune. No one's ever done it, as far as I know. But this would be an absolute belter. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, welcome to episode 69 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, thank you once again if you are a subscriber. If you're not, what are you playing at, man? Come on. Yeah. Hit the button. You're subscribe late. to us. You're late. You've been you're missing out. You never miss out on any of our content. There is a there is a benefit to subscribing. You get the content before anybody else. Everybody else has to, if you're via iTunes, you've got to wait like six to 12 hours for that yeah. content. You get it straight away. Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, we're there waiting for you, man. Yeah, before Knock, your breakfast. Knocking on your door, ready for you. Come on, get a piece of the pie. Exactly. If you're a night shift worker, this is perfect, because we normally knock it out at about 10 past midnight of the Wednesday morning, so you can get yourself stuck in. Um, all our episodes, by the way, are on our brand spanking new revamp website. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Kudos to producer Mike there for mm. all the sterling work that he's done. Well done, young Mike. Um, fightdisciples.com go and check it out all our episodes are there whether they be boxing whether they be UFC or whether they be from our radio show which specialises in Merseyside boxing uh, which has Eddie Hearn on this week yeah and Barry McGuigan clone cyclone himself what more do you want there go and check them out they're all available for you to have a little bit of a nosy uh, and if you just fancy giving us abuse on a day to day basis uh, Twitter at Fight Disciples Facebook at yeah. Fight Disciples and Instagram at Fight Disciples Frampton's a mate of ours now on, on uh, Instagram. That's it. Well, he's, he's in the crew, man. He's in the it. crew. But he's in. He's, we welcome him. With well, open what, arms. what happened was I took the mick out of him on too many occasions. I think he's following us just to keep keep monitoring. Keep yeah, he's <laughs> keeping an eye on me. That's what he's doing. He said, "Stop, stop it with these memes on my face." That's what he's doing. Is the boy. <laughs> Um, one lad um, that has uh, had rave reviews, whether it be on our social media or on our show last week, 
uh, was Robbie Davis Jr. Yeah, my boy. Come what on. did I say? What Come did I say? On. We got, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. What did I say? Never mind what you said. Okay. What did I say? What did I say? I don't know. I said, Robbie, if you're doing the ring walk. Oh, sorry. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. I mean, you do it to this, right? That's don't right. mess about, Rob. Don't listen. I know that you come out to all these different tunes every now and again. Don't mess about. Come out to this tune because this is what you put on your Instagram. This is why me and you are mates, yeah? Through all this Instagram nonsense. So come on, son. Do this tune and make sure you do the lip sync. And did he, he did it. it? Did he, he do did it? it? He nailed it. He it? did, yeah, absolutely nailed it. The best part was obviously when he got into the ring and the camera zoomed in on him. He still has his tunic on and everything else. And then he just starts mouthing the words away. He's just and I was like, yeah, you told us on the show last week you were going to do that. What a diamond. Absolute diamond. Go on. So you you talked about the fist, mate, because you, you've... Uh, hang on a minute. I get over <laughs> Delta. You're the one that said Delta. that he is your 2017 prospect for this year, my friend. Yes, Talk exactly. Yeah, uh, I thought he was phenomenal. I thought he was phenomenal. I think you know when you bear in mind the ITV cameras, first time, you know, live. This is not just for ITV, but first time for Robbie Davis stepping up to this kind of exposure on TV as well. Thought he dealt with it phenomenally. Up oh, first couple of rounds, okay. Let's give him a couple of rounds. Zoltan was a was a shrewd operator. We'll Zoltan. come on to him shortly. <laughs> Zoltan Zaba, what a extremely good standing opponent he mm. was. If Which, you are, by the way, if you're making, if Hollywood are listening and you're making a new Matrix film, Zoltan, your man, go and yeah, get Zoltan. Exactly, he gets yeah. out of the way of all sorts of shit. He's slick, isn't he? <laughs> He's slick. You message him in, you're like, he reminds me of Naz. And I was like, yeah, he kind of does, does a little bit, doesn't he? The way he moves, tall from his hips, and his hands are by his sides. Listen. Zoltan, man, you earned every penny. I Absolutely. thought it was, a, it was a great performance. It's coming as a stand-in. Obviously, Robbie got to him in the end. You know, that that work rate that he's got, that punch power that he's you, got. You love a body shot as well, don't I you? I do. I'm a body shot. I just love it. I just love it. What a, what a great way to finish any mm. kind of fight, you know. So, that was... Uh, I thought he was outstanding, to be on a Saturday night. I thought that was a massive moment in his career because it's all good and well, featuring on cards... You know, in in Preston and Bolton and places like that, when there's no cameras around and and you know doing well in front of a couple of hundred, maybe a thousand people, to fighting live on ITV4 yeah. on free view, potential viewing figures through the roof. You know, bigger than Sky numbers because there's a lot more accessibility. I thought he dealt with it sensational, and you know, he was on the show last week. He told us he was nervous. Told us he doesn't really isn't quite into any kind of rhythm with media yet. I thought he was great, Adam. Yeah, I thought he top. conducted himself brilliant. What do you make of uh, ITV's coverage? Good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, They've been getting shit, man. It was I've, slick. I've, been, I've been having a little bit of a nosey at social media, and people have just been shit. I think people just like mourning for the sake of oh, mourning, yeah, yeah. man. Completely. I, I get that. My, I've got two criticisms, okay. Go on. Two criticisms. Me and you didn't present it. Well, obviously, that, that's fucking, <laughs> that's the main criticism. Yeah, exactly. Get a grip, ITV. This is where it's at. The I fight disciples mate, I could don't have done think that. They could, uh, the, the, your, as I'm classed on this show, the Yorkshire wannabe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they could understand me and you. Obviously, we are accents. We need some serious subtitles for the show. That's exactly, what it is, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Well, they had one Scouser and Pricey. I think that was enough. Too much. That was their Scouse quota. <laughs> done with Pricey anyway. So, But uh, listen... You know, I get Mark Pugash. I think he's a slick operator. Mm. You know, put him in in front of any sport, he can present it for you, and he's polished. You know, he doesn't know anything about boxing. I'm sorry, so I'd never really bought into Pugash in that regard because 
you know, he's, he's standing there chatting away about Chris Eubank and he's going to be headlining. And at no point did he acknowledge that price he's on that bill as well. Yeah. Which if he had known about boxing, he'd gone, anyway, David, how are you doing? Or what you, you're on the same card. He'd have at least acknowledged that. So, you know, I'm marking them down a score for Pugash. I don't get him. You know, I think you need a boxing guy. And then the other thing was a, a good mate of mine, actually, Big Ron. Big Ron and uh, and Richie doing the commentary. Yeah, yeah. Both of them clued up to bits, don't get me wrong. Both of them have got incredible boxing knowledge. But I felt like I was watching the Olympics. A little like, bit. I couldn't, I couldn't get the Olympic Games out of my mind. Big yeah. Ron and Richie, they're the Olympic game double act for BBC. So to hear them commentating on, on ITV, it made sense. You know, I like Ron. Ron gets a little bit of stick, but I like Big Ron. I think he's a good commentator. I think Richie's good. And I think Richie's just, you know, incredible knowledge. You know what, you know, he's he's worked in advisor with the Team GB and everything else. So yeah. he knows what he's talking about. I'm not knocking what they were saying. It just didn't feel like professional boxing. It took me a while to get it was probably only by the time Robbie Davis fight oh no okay, fight before Arnfield against Mick Hall. Yeah. That I I forgot about when it because dr- that when was... The, when the drugs kicked in. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, that's it. Yeah. When the bo- Saturday night, innit? When the booze kicked in, yeah. <laughs> but because that fight was so engrossing, I kind of forgot about it then. Do you know what I mean? But for through most of the card, that's all I was thinking about. It's fresh, innit? It? It'll take a little bit of time. But yeah, I think yeah, a lot yeah. of people now, off the back of that, I personally thought that it it went as well as it could have gone for a first first effort with a, a young lad in Robbie Davis Jr. that not a lot of people know about. Yeah. I think it's a good little platform now for people to go, bloody hell. That was quite good. I enjoyed that. And yeah. he put on a great show, great fight, good matchmaking. Great matchmaking. A lot of people are now going to be interested in Feb 4th, mate. They're all going to, their eyes are going to be on Eubank Jr. Okay, it's pay-per-view. It's still going to get slagged. People are still mourning about it. I think it's a tenor in it at the moment. Yeah. But the ITV4 coverage, which has got the undercard, and you've just mentioned Pricey there, mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if that does some big numbers now. Me too, yeah. Because anyone that tuned in on Saturday is going to think, okay, I get it. I'm into it. You know, it was it was slick. I give Pugash that. It was slick. It didn't feel clunky yeah. like the early days of Box Nation. You know? Or Dave. Ex- or oh, oh, Dave. Don't even get me started. Yeah, on where, Dave, where, where, so. was, where was a rapper at half time, man? Yeah, when did exactly. the rapper come out? Yeah. Well, so you, you don't have to pay a rapper because the exposure's free. <laughs> you have to pay fighters when you have actual fights on a fight card, Mr. Hay. But uh, so yeah, that's I, I'm like you. I think people have well bought into it. I think the viewing figures for the pricey card. I'm going to say the pricey card because I think he's headlining the ITV portion of the card. I think that could be a real, a real. You know, I'd love to see the numbers come of that because mm. we could see a whole new audience coming to it. I, I still can't get away from the fact that the pay per view portion of the card. Yeah. Right now, we only know Eubank Junior. Is that right? I, I don't know anyone I think else. It, I that's think on. that's it. So you're going to pay a tenner just to watch Eubank. I Jr. think that's it. Wow. Their attitude towards it, from what I'm understanding, is very I'm similar. I'm going to stream that shit. I'm sorry. I'm like, this, no, that's no. legit. I will stream it. Not There's same. no way I'm paying a tenner. I think their attitude towards it is very similar to how the UFC operate, where the the top of the bill gets a cut of the pay-per-views. And I think that's how they are they are piping this particular gig. Yeah, but the UFC has five fights yeah, on the main they do, card. But they haven't pay-per-view. done that. They haven't done that. They're only saying that Chris Eubank Jr. is pay-per-view. Yeah, but that's nonsense. That's not how it works. That's not how any pay-per-view We know that, but they're trying works. to revolutionise the world of boxing, mate. People they're... are going to pay a tenner just to see Chris Eubank. That's what they're saying. Mate, on our UFC show tomorrow, we're talking about people paying a fiver to watch Conor McGregor talk. That's yeah, what we're talking yeah, about tomorrow. True, that's true. Make sure you tune into tomorrow's show. <laughs> pay-per-view interviews. Where the fuck is this going? Me and you are missing out. We need to start subscribing this shit. Exactly. Come on. Five at a time if you want to hear us talk. <laughs> yeah, right. 50, 50 pence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a 50 pence. Oh, you can have it. You can have it. <laughs> yeah. We give you Don't switch off. You can there's, say. No, there's no way that people will pay for us. That's why we can... <laughs> Listen, there's no way people are going to pay £10 to watch Chris Eubank fight a kid's mosh- 
Australia. No one know. No one knows who this guy is. Mm. Okay, he's got a world title belt, but you know it's the IBO world title belt. It's hardly the WBC or anything. Mm. You know, this is a guy that's hasn't got a stellar record. He isn't a household name, but the Eubanks think they can ship him over. Um, basically, what they're saying is people pay a tenner to watch Chris Eubank Jr. Listen, regardless of who the opponent is. Yeah, don't go in too hard on them because I'm doing my best to get either one of those senior or junior yeah. on, on next week's show. After after next week, you can slag them as much as you want. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, to, listen, right. I ain't knocking. I'd really like Chris Eubank Jr. I really like senior as well because I think he's great for the sport. And what I'm saying is, I ain't going to pay a tenner to watch one fight. You know what I mean? It, Ten pound for one fight, a lot it's of money. It's not going to last that it's long. A, it's not going to last that long. Eubank Junior will dis- will knock him out, and he will become the world champion, the IBO super middleweight world champion. That's a fact. That's going to happen. Why would you pay a tenner for that? Uh, you know, would I pay the only fight coming up? I'd pay a tenner for just one fight. AJ Klitschko, I'll pay a tenner for that because I ain't got a fucking clue what's going to happen. Mm. Anything could happen. Bellu, hey, if it goes past four rounds, anything could happen. Anything could happen. They're £10 one fight only. He's not Chris Eubank Jr. against some Nomar Aussie. Sorry. But in, in, in general, we're happy that ITV are back in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And we, and we, <laughs> and we, <laughs> we digress. Yeah, but that leads me on nicely to what we found out on Monday of this week with uh, Frank Warren. Yeah. here with BT. He, start, he started to announce, obviously, now fights yep. um, for his um, spring, early summer schedule. On our radio show mm-hmm. that you can uh, get, it's available via download. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's all there for you, fightdisciples.com. Our radio show specialises in talking about Merseyside boxing and it kind of sat nicely with us because there's only really one fight that they announced in that um, epilogue that he gave out yesterday um, and it was Smith-Williams. Yep. The two Liams meeting each other at Super Welterweight. That's the only fight that really stands out at this moment in time. I'm sure there's more to come, but right yeah, now yeah. that's the only one that I'm getting excited about. Yeah, that was the press conference was great. You know, obviously, it, it was nice to see Frank Warren with a smile on his face again, knowing he's got this resource that he can get real big fights on again. You know, I, I love that competition's great, but uh, but I agree it. It was a bit like it was a bit of an anticlimax, wasn't it? You know, I'll come on to that one fight you're talking about, but. You know, Turbo Terry against another guy he's going to absolutely Smash drill. Smash bits. You know, and that ain't getting me excited. The other fights that were announced, you know, nothing really jumped off the page. The Josh Warrington and stuff. You're Josh, thinking, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all pretty rudimentary stuff. Nothing, nothing For massive. me, I wanted, tell me about Huey Fury. Exactly. Joe Parker. Tell exactly. me that Billy Joe Saunders is doing something against somebody that we know. You know? Exactly. Something like that. Exactly. World, big world title fights, stuff that's really going to turn the needle. You know, Josh, I think they'll get it. Yeah, yeah. But and we needed that, it. I, I think, think it's going to come. It. Yeah. But that made the big announcement, the big revolutionary yeah. announcement, a bit of an anticlimax because it was a bit like, is that it? You know, the, the whole thing seemed to build towards, for me, the unveiling of Nicola Adams and the attaining professional with Frank Warren yeah. and building a career. Now, listen, I've got nothing against Nicola Adams. Two time gold medal, Olympic gold medalist. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I haven't got a f- clue. I couldn't name you one professional flyweight will- women's fighter. I couldn't name you one. Yeah. I don't even know whether there's a, there might be a thousand of them or there might be ten. I don't know. But I do know that when she won that gold medal, the ta- you know winning a gold medal as a women's flyweight is very different from winning a gold medal as a men's middleweight or a men's lightweight or whatever. You know, I'm not saying an achievement is, is well, I am, I am saying, it, achievement is diminished slightly because the talent pool's not there, the, the pool of fighters, it's not as impressive as something else. So, him moving to turn professional, whether it's a flyweight or even bantamweight or whatever it is, what's, 
Is there a talent pool? Is there anything out there to sell on? How can we see Nicola Adams headlining a fight card in Leeds, fighting for a world title? Which, to be honest with you, as a two-time Olympic gold medalist, she should be doing that within two years. Within two years, she should be fighting for a world title in, in Leeds Stadium. You know, somewhere in Leeds, somewhere prominent, because... You know, it's it's women's professional boxing. Mm. It's not that deep. Certainly not for the size that she is as well. We ain't talking about Katie Taylor here. Katie Taylor, further down the line, there's girls there that are legit world champion boxers. So there's opportunities there for her. But I just don't see the talent pool to get us too excited about Nicola Adams. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and listen, absolutely. But hopefully, what I think this does, you mentioned Katie Taylor, you mentioned... Obviously, what we found out on Monday with uh, Nicola Adams. What I think this does is legitimises for other young girls yeah. maybe wanting to get in, into boxing. They look at it and go, oh, it's not just an amateur game. Mm-hmm. It's not just about but is it? But is it not, though? But we don't know at this moment in time. This is the thing. Yeah. They, they're now seeing a legitimate pathway because you've just seen, obviously, the girl that's won the Olympics, Katie Taylor. She's turned professional. She's got a professional promoter. She's fighting on cards that have got... Anthony Joshua on. Yeah, You've yeah. now seen Nicola Adams, probably the most famous female boxer from yeah. our shores, turn professional. She's going to be fighting on cards that have got Liam Beefy Smith on. Yeah, yeah. So you're thinking, all right, okay. And it might inspire some other young kids to put on some gloves and have a go. Completely. That's what it might do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But then, for me, Nicola Adams winning a flyweight world title or bantamweight, whatever, whatever she ends up competing as, that, for me, when you think about the plethora of title belts as well, wouldn't have been as impressive or inspirational as her staying on till Tokyo and winning a third a gold third. medal. Good you know point. I mean? But money talks at the end of the day, and no doubt, you know, she's obviously weighed up the options and thought, financially, I can do better by turning professional. I don't know how. That's what I mean. I don't know how. There's The, the, the female divisions at that size are just kind of dominated by Asia and Mexico and places like that anyway. And even then, the talent pool isn't super deep. So I just don't know how she builds on the momentum she's got from two Olympic gold medals. Let's talk about the fact that we are both excited about that. Yeah, hell yeah. The boy from Wales taking on the boy from your home city. Exactly. The two Liams going toe-to-toe. What a rise over the last 12 months for Liam Williams. This kid. Phenomenal. I mean, I saw him maybe two years ago and thought, he's all right. Yeah. But now... You're thinking, okay, no, this is a real test for beefy. This, this is not a walkover for anybody thinking to themselves, "Ah, oh, Liam Williams is going to get smashed." Yeah, this no. is serious. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. This is the, this is a, you know, you could argue this is a kind of a world title fight in itself. From what Liam Williams has achieved, you know, eight straight and stoppage wins he's had running up to this opponent. Now, you know, I think he's had eleven stoppages in his entire career, but he's he's, he's on a run, the best run of his career, and it's just that fallen into time where he's gone. Commonwealth title, British title, WBO European title. You know, as he's stepping up and in theory fighting much better opposition, he's getting better and better yeah. and better. And seems to be stronger Stopping as well. people with body shots, stopping people with big right hands, stopping everybody. He, he looks like an absolute machine. I'm like, you. i seen him fight in Liverpool and uh, he was on the Echo Arena one time. It was kind of like a marking time fight, you know. Obviously, you sit in ringside, kind of keeping an eye on everything. But this, when that when the fight popped up, I think fighting a guy called Nathan Kovacs or something like that, some Eastern European guy. And you know, to yourself, you think, oh, if I was in the bleachers, this is when I go and have a beer, or this is when I go and have a piss. You know, this is not. Yeah, yeah. But I stayed and watched them, and I, and I was like you. Then I thought oh, he, he, he looks strong. 
I respect his corner team. Got massive, no, nothing but love for Gary Lockett. I think he's an ace trainer, real trainer on a fast track to, to great things. And um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, okay, I'm, I'm not seeing too much. But the last 12 months, watching him in the last 12 months, Freak, he's looked world class. Yeah, he's yeah. looked absolutely world class. And for me, he comes into this fight with so much momentum. Now, on the flip side of that, obviously, Beefy was WBO champion of the world, riding the crest of the wave, looked unbelievable himself, takes an opportunity against Canelo that no man on this planet can turn down. You know, a life, hopefully, I, I haven't spoke to Beefy about it, but, you know, hopefully life-changing type of money, type of earnings. That's done now. That's that's put to one side, but the world title belt's gone. So he's got to rebuild some way to get back his world title bet, to, to get a world title shot again. The problem, obviously, is losing to... That's still a loss. Okay, it's Canelo, pound for pound, great. No, no... Uh, shame in that whatsoever but he's still lost yeah. he's still come away from that beefy approach that I'm going to win it he's come away he's lost it he needs to be rebuilt he needs to start again if he'd have dropped any lower than this he'd have gone to a, a domestic level fight I don't know whether his motivation be right but I'll tell you now his motivation has got to be 100% for Liam Williams it's got to be because Liam Williams is in such a fine vein of form I think Joe Gallagher will refuse to let beefy take it easy in this fight because if he takes it easy he'll get beat that's a fact Honestly, I think this could be this could be an early contender for fight of the year. April eighth, Manchester. Oh, we will wait. have tickets. We will have tickets. It's a guarantee. We've already spoken to Frank Warren. It's happening. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast because we're going to give you an opportunity to be there at that night uh, to see that amazing battle of the Liams. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Before we move on to actual fighting, mm-hmm. because this is all about obviously talking about Frampton, getting dead excited about the weekend. Yeah, oh, can't wait. I want to talk about some other big news that happened this week in the world of promotion. Oh, we're not talking about Angel, are we? No, well, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, that yeah, nutcase. I want to talk I'm about. Just, I thought you were going to play some audio of Angel. No, 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 no that'll get shut down, mate. <laughs> I think even I think even podcasts have rules for uh, people who offer women out uh, mm-hmm. to beat them up. Uh, swearing at and being racist and all that type of stuff. That's not what we're about, and we think he's a dickhead, but we're going to talk about him in a minute. Yeah. No, I want to talk about David Hay and Richard Schaefer, because that just came out. I yep. hadn't been following this at all. Maybe you'd heard something on the rumblings on the underground that something like this was happening. But when I saw it, and it just come out right out of the blue, well, last Friday, wasn't it, when this all came yeah. out? David Hay teaming up for Haymaker Ringstar, new promotional company, new management company, yeah. David Hayes saying that I've only got five fights left. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to put the power back in their fighters' hands and all this type of thing. All that chat previously at the press conference with Eddie Hearn when he says, I'm coming for you, I'm going to shut you down, I'm going to put you down. He means it, doesn't he? He's, 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 yeah. he's not just talking about doing it in the ring. He's talking about doing it in a, in a business sense as well. Well, he's we've, we've heard this from him before, though, as well. When he had Haymaker promotions this yeah. time around and he did a couple of fraudly shows and oh, stuff like that. We've, we've heard this serious, from him before. Man. He is serious, yeah, but it's, you know, for me, it's typical David. You know, it's a new day. Let's make new friends. You know, he's got. <laughs> he just skips from one friend to another. David Day doesn't he? Let's be honest with you. And what's he building this on? Is he building this on the fact that he's going to knock out Bellew and then knock out Anthony Joshua and completely reinvent himself? At the I age think. Of 40? I think that's what he's thinking of. Well, you know, the proof will be in the pudding on that one, but. Uh, you know, I kind of seen it. I thought, we've heard this from you before. We've heard that you're going to sign fighters and put the power back in their hands and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of ex-fighters talk that talk, but few of them walk the walk. And, you know, David Hay loves money. Loves money. Like, he's in love with money. So I don't know whether he's got the right mentality to put a fighter's, 
you know, a fighter first over himself. That's just the way he is. His, his history proves it. That's what David Hayes all about. He ain't, he ain't Barry McGuigan. No. He ain't Barry McGuigan who's making, who's trying to make Carl Frampton greater than he ever was, make more money for Carl Frampton than he ever made. You know, that it's completely different from that perspective. The David, if you sign with David Hay, it's the David Hay show. You know, whether he's boxing on the bill or not, it, it was always like that. Even when Haymaker Promotions did a bill, it was all about David Hay. Even the dev stuff. The fights. Even the exactly. dev stuff. I mean, he got rid of Paul Dempsey as the as the commentator, the interviewer, yeah. because he asked him the wrong questions. Exactly. What? Exactly. He's got to ask you about that shit performance about the do- against the doorman. Exactly. No, he doesn't. I'm going to get somebody else here who's going to ask me the questions that I want to ask. Exactly. That's I, think, David I think the part of the problem as well is with, with the Eddie, how outburst is... Because David and, and Adam Booth early on controlled his career, they did Haymaker Promotions, they did their own TV deal. He's used to keeping a lion's share of all of the money. Now he's been relegated to Dave and fighting people we've never heard of. You know, we talked about it before. This, it this, must hurt This fight... Him. Okay, it, it must exactly. hurt him doing the Matchroom and Sky Sports thing. It but he's, must kill him. But he's got no choice because he cannot get back on Sky, cannot get back on pay-per-view without jumping into bed with Eddie Hearn. And the only way he does that <laughs> is by oh, going it. in against Tony Bellew. So I love it. It must be keeping Hay awake at night. He must hate the fact that he has to deal with another promoter yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's when he basically he wants to live the Floyd Mayweather dream. Yeah. In his mind, David Hay is as big, probably in David's mind, bigger than Floyd Mayweather. So he, in his mind, he's probably thinking, "Where's my eight hundred million? I didn't make eight hundred million, but I should have, because I'm better than Floyd Mayweather. So I need to control all this. I need to control. I'm the promoter. I'm this. I'm that. The difference is Floyd is Floyd. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Floyd has been able to walk the walk." And talk the talk, you know, do he's the full package. David got to a certain level, fell short, complained about a broken toe, went and that pig's bollocks in the jungle or whatever he did. You know, and now he's making a comeback fighting against bums. So I don't know, it's a it's a weird one for me. If I was a if I was a manager, I wouldn't want my young fighter to sign with Haymaker Promotions just yet. Or Haymaker Ringstar yeah. or whatever it's called just yet, you mm. know. Let's just see how that one plays out, but you know. Young fighter, it is very important who you choose to represent you, whether it be um, um, a promoter, a manager, or maybe even a family member. Very important that you choose the correct people to represent you when you, especially at a press conference, yeah. when it's the biggest fight of your entire life, when all eyes are on you. In fact, when American terrestrial television oh, have decided to get back involved with boxing because they sacked it off because they said boxing was dead, there's no money in it, nobody wants to see it anymore. So we're going to get back involved for this fight, mainly because Keith Thurman championed it. Yeah. Keith Thurman comes out and says, listen, I want to put this back in people's living rooms. We didn't have Showtime and HBO and all this type of nonsense. So CBS have got involved. CBS have turned around and said, yeah, man, we'll put we're the fight on because Keith Thurman, he's a champion. We love his ethics. Let's do it. You against Danny Garcia, the king of the welterweights. Let's put this on. Everybody wants to see this fight. Don't invite Angel. Don't invite <laughs> Danny's dad. <laughs> Fucking hell. Did you see it? See it? I nearly threw up when I watched it. I could not believe it. I'm all for entertainment, mate. And at the forefront, it's all about entertainment. I, I feel sorry for Danny Garcia. I feel Because he kind of sits there super uncomfortable, like shifting around in his seat while his dad is acting like a complete and utter jackass. But he is, he, listen, he's a dickhead, full stop, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's always been a dickhead. Completely. But that was racist. Yeah. Sexist, misogynist—you name it. He couldn't all have the upset, exactly. All the ists. He, he, he was nailing it. He literally couldn't have upset more people if he tried. 
Literally, if he tried, like you know, why though? Why there's no need to do it? The eyes of the world are on that fight. You're not. You don't need to sell what it. What's it got to do with them anyway? And you don't need to sell it. It's not a paper. It's, it's on free to wear telly. Exactly. You don't need to flog it. Exactly. Why are you doing that? It was. Uh, it was absolutely just bonkers. Bonkers. When watching it, I was th- when I was watching the stream. I watched it practically live, and I was thinking, is he coked up to the eyeballs? Like, yeah. is he round the bend? Because yeah. he he was just. Out of control, and it wasn't even like Thurman wound him up. He just suddenly exploded in this tirade of abuse yeah, yeah. at everything and everybody. Using it, use uh, it the, oh, I mean, it was horrific. I mean, I can't remember the last time that I heard someone use the N word. Yeah, exactly. I thought that it had been eradicated from the English language. You know what I mean? Especially when a South Americans having a go at um, a mixed race. Ameri- it's just really bizarre. The whole Tourette. Exactly. It was just. It was like he had Tourette at one point. I just thought. I mean, we swear, but I won't say that word. Where, where are you? Mo- you've moved us back here. How many generations? It's like, come on. You know, the sport and the world has moved. Okay, you've just voted in Donald Trump, so maybe you haven't moved that far. Yeah. But still, who, f- who featured in the speech, by the yeah, way? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Unbelievable, unbelievable. And to be honest with you, you know, this is the thing with America because there's no American boxing board. There's state athletic commissions yeah, state, yeah. and then it's world governing bodies for the belts. They'll all be looking at each other going, well, you, you punish them, you punish them, yeah, punish it. You know what I mean? Whereas but they, CBS, they need to go. CBS could turn around and say, fuck that shit. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to be associated with this geezer who's just said that he's going to smack a woman and yeah, he's exactly, calling yeah. this guy an N-word 14 times or whatever it was. Exactly. We don't want anything to do with it. And it surprised me so far, you know, what I'll be mean now, you know, midway through this week, it surprised me CBS hasn't come out and said something and yeah. made some kind of statement because he could have cost them that fight. CBS were well within the right to go you know what we're not doing do you this. think he should it. be banned from Danny's corner um, yes but then I don't think the fight will happen because Gar- Danny will stay loyal to his dad he'll just go okay well the fight's not happening then that's just how it is but I tell you now there won't be no mic in that corner between rounds mm. at all it was just it was just horrible wasn't it'll it be banned it from horrible it'll be watch. banned from fight week um, press surely oh yeah be. 100% 100% but the problem is you see you know they come as a package should, don't they exactly and Danny's such a quiet guy. Well, we, we think he's a quiet guy because Angel doesn't <laughs> want to talk. man. Exactly. He just sits there uncomfortably like with a wiry smile on his face like, oh God, here's dad again. Like some little kid at a family party and his dad's fucking ymca on the dance floor. <laughs> you sit there going, oh shit, I wish my dad would just sit down. He's so embarrassing. But it's just, you know, I, I, felt, for, I felt for Danny Garcia as much as I felt for the organisers. Mm. Keith there must have just thinking, what? Honestly, I thought he was on drugs. Thought he was on drugs, so I can't believe him, what I'm seeing. Talking about talk, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk regarding Amir Khan and uh, Kel Brook. Did you, are you, did you watch any daytime TV this week? Amir Khan rocks up with his missus on uh, Holly and uh, <laughs> Phil Stuff from this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about some sex tech that's about 25 years old or whatever it may be. Aye, 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 Amir. We know the score, son. Yeah, we know exactly, the score. Yeah. Anyway, he's on there defending all that, and then they ask him about his boxing, and he says that, uh, well, we've offered Kel Brook the fight. He's turned it down. Then it all kicks off on social media where, go, where Eddie goes, well, yeah, we did turn it down, you dickhead, when you offered us 70-30. Exactly. Um, and you're the challenger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to hear Eddie's response, I got to speak to him uh, this week. It's on our uh, Radio City Talk radio show. Download. Go and subscribe to our podcast, fightdisciples.com, and uh, check out uh, the this week's radio show. Eddie Herney's on that, talking about this particular fight and all the where it currently stands. He reckons it's off for yeah, me yeah. because of all this nonsense. Where is Amir Khan coming from, man? I understand that 
He's done things in America and he will class himself as the A-side, all this Mayweather talk. I'm the A-side and all this type of bollocks. Yes, you might be the bigger name. Kel Brook's got the belt at 147 pounds. Sure, that evens everything out. Let's just yeah. do it 50-50 and get it on. Exactly. Uh, that that should be a categorically, you know, and, and you, you split the pay-per-view numbers later on or whatever. Or go, go, okay then, if you're the bigger draw, this is what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we will uh, set a, a marginal pace between you early on. And then what we'll do is, whatever the venue is, let's say it's 20,000 tickets, you can have 10,000 tickets to sell exclusively from amirkhan.com and we'll keep 10,000 tickets for Kel and we'll send them from Matrium or from kelbrook.com or whatever and then see who's the biggest draw. Because mm. I tell you now, I think more people would pay to see Kel, you know, to support Kel Brook, if you like. Mm. Amir's got these incredible ideas because he appears on Phil Scott, you know, on, on daytime TV, that he's a megastar. The reason he's such a big star is most of us want to see him get knocked out because he's a tit. <laughs> the way he carries himself, the way he behaves, the way he's clearly the way he treats his wife, you know, all this bullshit about being a good Muslim and all that, you know, it counts for nothing. We don't. We don't. We don't. We talked about it before. Get the fight on. We love Ricky Hatton type characters. We love people that are like us. You know what I mean? That don't change. Yeah. Salt of the year. Yeah. You know, Get working this. classy. You know, fry up on the morning of a fight. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. We're not necessarily getting excited about someone like Amir Khan that picks and chooses his fights, that goes to America, that you know, shits all over his fans that support them because he now flits off to America, doesn't spend any time in the UK. You know, that's kind of where this, and he thinks he can just walk back in and demand seventy thirty against the world champion that has got a following, that has stayed loyal to the UK, that has had to pay his dues. He's, he's honestly he's on a different planet now. I get what Eddie said. Amir Khan still may, in terms of pay per view, be a slightly bigger draw. Okay, fifty five forty five then fifty five forty five sixty forty had a massive. But even then, I'd be like, "Fuck you, advise Kel. That's a terrible sixty forty. But I haven't seen the numbers, the perspective numbers. If it's big enough, then he would probably we're do talking that big fight. numbers. Seventy thirty. Come on, mate. We're talking big numbers. Yeah, of course. Um, I agree with you everything that you've just said there, but the numbers stack up so much that even at 50-50, he'd probably still make more money than he made out of the uh, the Canelo fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because here in the UK, there's a thirst for this fight. There's a thirst for it. We want to see it, of course. People will pay 16, and America 17, 18 quid. Yeah. Americans will tune in because both of them now are acknowledged names in America. These are the kids that got bit, uh, coming off losses against pound for pound greats. Canelo and, and Triple G. And who looked better? Brooke okay. went up two weight divisions round, yeah. to fight Triple G and put in a better account and made more of a statement than Amir did against Canelo because Amir got absolutely put to sleep against Canelo. Mm. So he's the one that's rebuilding bigger than Kel Brook, if you like. Kel Brook was, had no business really being in the ring with Triple G anyway, but what he was in there, he accounted himself pretty well for a guy two weights from two weight divisions below. Mm. And then as we predicted, his team did the right thing and got him out of there before he got hit. Amir just kind of hung around until Canelo swatted him out, you know? So I, I just think the, the likes as of Valley and all kinds of advisors, man, listen, from a fight, purely from a fight fan perspective, 70-30 is a joke, an absolute joke. It's never going to happen. 60-40 at least gets, at least gets Kel Brook and Eddie Aime back to the table. This is the fight we want to see. Stop running away from a fight. I think he's running. I don't think he, I think he's, deliberately priced himself out of it because he knows he gets nailed by Kel Brook here it's done he's finished so it comes down to whether he wants the fight at all I just don't think he wants the fight you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast
Now then, this weekend, Frampton, Santa Cruz, part two. In 2016, many people would have classed this as one of the best fights, favourite uh, fights from uh, from that year. Uh, Carl Frampton, by an absolute mile, is uh, Fight Disciples Boxer of the Year uh, for 2016. Um, and as I've spoken to Barry McGuigan on a couple of occasions about this, we are big fans of the way that Barry McGuigan has managed uh, Carl yep. Frampton's career, the way that he has decided to up sticks, take him to America, let's go and build the name. That's where the, the big money is. That's where the legacy is. And that seems to be the word that comes across a lot when I speak to Barry McGuigan about Carl Frampton. Legacy, Hall of Fame. This is about writing all the things that went wrong in Barry McGuigan's head of his own personal career. I mean, yeah, Barry yeah. McGuigan was brilliant. I mean, he's a legend. He achieved so many great things. But when you speak to someone like Barry McGuigan, you can see just behind his eyes a little bit that there's certain things that he wishes that he would have achieved, yeah. maybe going up another weight to become a two-weight world champion or a three-weight world champion, all these types of things. You see it burning behind his eyes. And there's a genuine love for Carl Frampton. And the way that he's managing him is pushing him in the direction, pushing him to to achieve the things that Barry maybe missed out on during yeah. his own career. Completely. You know, you touched on it then. The guy's an absolute icon. You know, he did things for, for boxing and did things for, for, you know, Ireland in general that probably never be surpassed. You know, completely and utterly united that city. But he has got big aspirations for Carl Frampton and he's never, ever put a cap on what Carl Frampton can achieve, which is brilliant from a manager's perspective. You know, you've never heard him say... Carl will be European champion or a world champion or you know a two even a two weight world champion. It's always about Hall of Fame. Carl's got Hall. Of, this is what we need to do to become Hall of Fame. This is what we need to do to become powerful. Power yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you can't get any higher than that. He doesn't speak about him as well someone with world title aspirations. It's Hall of Fame aspirations. It's legacy aspirations. I mean, big. It's incredible. It's incredible, and so it must be a really positive environment for Frampton to be in. Obviously, Shane is his trainer as well. You know, Shane, as a young trainer, he's such an exciting prospect because of he's so young mm. and there's so much more to come from him. But to get someone like Frampton so early on and they've just gelled so well, they've just made this formidable team. Mm. You know, Frampton's name Ring Magazine Fight of the Year, but you should also give a lot of credit to the fact that Shane McGuigan, as a young man, as, is the coach to the Ring Magazine Fight of the Year. Phenomenal achievements, which is obviously why Shane is now attracting the likes of... George you know, Groves. George Groves, David Josh Taylor. Day, you know, people like that. I think the slightly different there is that, you know, the likes of Groves and, and, and David Hay, a little bit like Johnny Come Lately, oh, Shane's flavour of the month, I'll go and train with, Flame, with, with, with Shane. But I think the Josh Taylor thing is probably a little bit more like Frampton, you know, where there's a, a lot more to come. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a real journey to go there that they're going to be on. So, but for Frampton this weekend, you know, I think he's. Uh, I think the difference now is for me, it's flipped. He's no longer going into someone else's backyard. He's no longer the underdog. No longer someone that's going there to try and, you know, upset the apple cart. And he's going to have all the fans booing him and stuff like that, like he did in Manchester, like he did in New York. Who is this guy? You know, we've seen a little bit of him in America before. But he's, now he's coming over here thinking he can win a second world title. That's gone now. Mm. He's also the Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year, so all the pressure's on him. When he gets to Vegas on Saturday night or when he finally fights in Vegas on Saturday night, all the fans will be there for him. All the press is there to see what he's like up close and personal. So it's a, it's a big big test for Frampton this weekend. And I think this is the point where we're going to see, is he Hall of Fame? 
Is he a legacy fighter? Is he going to surpass McGuigan? Because for me, this is the big... This rematch is like that real point where you go, wow, he did that, he did that, but he did, he moved on from this. He can he can handle headlining and being the big draw and his name up in lights in Las Vegas. That's the point he's at now. On our radio show when we spoke about this, um, I I said that I, th- I believe Carl will knock him out. I believe Carl will stop Leo Santa Cruz at the weekend and I, and, I, and I stand by that. I genuinely believe he will because... Back when he fought Gonzalez in uh, in his debut in America, yep. I believe that was a wake-up call for him. He ended up on his backside twice in the first round on the same night that Scott Quigg did a job on Kiko yep. Martinez. I thought that was a wake-up call. He's been brilliant since, obviously, with the Scott Quigg fight with Leo Santa Cruz Part 1. And they've been in Las Vegas for... Well, they've been in America out that way for a month. <clears throat> That's right. Proper training, getting himself mm-hmm. stuck into it, getting himself really revved up, getting in the zone for it, immersing himself in all the American press, all that type of thing, which you've been a big fan of um, when you spoke about Irish fighters in the past. I just think at the weekend, th- there isn't going to be a slip-up. There's no, We're not going to see that again from Frampton. I believe that this kid is very, very, very special, and even more so this time round. He will have it drilled into him. Look what happened in that Gonzalez. It can happen. Yep. You take your eye off the ball, this is what can happen, yeah? Yeah. You want to be Hall of Fame, mate. Now you've got to go out and prove that the first one wasn't a fluke. You've got to go and do a job on this kid. And you, in fact, you've got to go one better. And I think we're going to see something quite special at the weekend. I hope so. I hope so. You know, I think it's going to be another tough fight. I think it's going to be a lot of tough rounds in the middle rounds. I think Santa Cruz is going to come hell for leather because I think all the pressure's off him now. He's got to do a job on Carl. Of course. And that's why I think because he's going to come a little bit more, there'll be more gaps for him. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. You know, it's it, Santa Cruz, don't forget, before before he fought Frampton, two-weight world champion himself. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. he was a, the, the phenom in this weight class. So he will be hungry to avenge that loss. You know, and he, he, he's, he's had more than one excuse of why he lost the first fight. So he's got to live up to expectation. Now his dad's been in the camp the full time. He, last time he was saying his dad was missing, he was ill. So, yeah. you know, he, he missed the beat and the, his, his dad and his brother had different game plans. You know, it's it's all very murky and it's all bullshit at the end of the you day. you got to beat son. End of. Exactly. But I think there's no excuses for him now. You know, and Vegas is a big... Mexican fight town, they turn out in big numbers, the Mexicans, when there's a big card in Vegas. So, I'd say it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting fight Saturday. Me personally, I think Frampton wins on points again. I think he, he wins quite convincingly on points. I think uh, Santa Cruz will, is he's just going to, it's just going to kind of continue, I think, from New York. I don't think, I can't, I'm like Frampton, what Frampton said. He, he isn't going to get any better. He's as good as he is, and I've fought him at his best. But I've massively improved. You know, I think that's probably where you're thinking he's probably going to stop yeah. him this time. Well, I think Frampton probably runs away with it. I can't see the stoppage coming, but I hope it does. Uh, kudos to Cyclone. They've got Josh Taylor on that bill as well. Great experience for him to be out uh, fighting on a Vegas card. We're, we're expecting big things from him um, in 2017. But also, a little bit of added spice. A man that uh, we've been touting to maybe at some point match up with Carl Frampton. Uh, the Welsh Mayweather is yeah. also on that card. Huge uh, Selby. fan. That is sensational. You're a huge fan of his. Yeah, yeah. But what a little bit of added spice that that he's in the building doing his thing. Frampton's in the in the building doing his thing. We want to see them two boys go at it together, don't we? Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is what this the, we're, we're led to believe that it all going well on Saturday night from a British perspective. We are going to get Selby versus Frampton for the unification fight. No doubt, Ring Magazine belt will probably be thrown in there as well. It will be Belfast and it will be coming up late spring, early summer. So let's just keep our fingers crossed everything goes right yeah. on Saturday night because I'll be, be honest, that's a fight I would love to see. I think Lee Selby's a phenomenal champion, the IPF world champion. He's 
literally looked better and better since he became world champion. He's massively improving as well. And, you know, he's not called the, the Welsh Mayweather for nothing. You know, he can punch, he can move. I think that's a big, big test for the Carl Frampton on a home turf. But I think if Frampton wins this weekend against Santa Cruz, we think he will do. I think that his confidence is going to go through the roof. I think the Selby fight in the summer. And then I think we could get that that absolutely legacy define and move up to a third weight class. I've been um, making a little bit of a list of sequels that happened in Vegas. And I'm not talking about films like Hangover and stuff yeah. like that. I'm talking about <laughs> fights, okay? Uh, I've just made a little bit of iconic Vegas rematches. Okay. Ones that happened elsewhere but then went to Vegas for part two, yeah? Um, Pacquiao Morales 2. Awesome. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, my fa- I'll leave my favourite till last because it was a surprise, my favourite. Um, Tyson Bruno part two was in Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, that was one of my, well, the first one, first time round, was one yeah, of my yeah. first fights where your dad keeps you up at night to watch it all and all this type <laughs> of stuff. Oh, sensational stuff. Love a bit of that. Um, this is a weird one. You might not like this one. De La Hoya Mosley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part two. Yeah. Mosley won both of them, if I'm not mistaken. He I did, think he yeah, won the yeah. first one as well. Yeah. Um, but here's the one that you're not going to like because I know that you're a huge fan of this kid, especially when this era, when this fight took place because he was pound for pound the bollocks at this point, yeah? Okay. Roy Jones Jr., Antonio Tarver, part oh, two, yeah. when Tarver put him his arse in the second round and ended the fight. Yeah, he did. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, Nobody saw did. that coming! No, they didn't. No, definitely not. Definitely not. That was so, a victory uh, match. That sounds like we're, uh, you know, we're all, in for a good all hallmarks are saying that. You know, history tells us that this is going to be a belter at the weekend. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, just before we uh, clear off this week's uh, boxing programme, um, I've just got a question for you because as when we're watching fights at the weekend, uh, myself and Nick have young families, so normally we are sat in our underpants, maybe drinking a can of Stella with a bit of curry stains on a vest, mm-hmm. um, watching the fight. So accurate. Mm. Now at the weekend, um, we were obviously watching Robbie Davis Jr. do his thing, yeah? yeah, and we made a big deal about him lip syncing his walking music and all that. Now during the adverts of the ITV4 production, Nick. I don't know what was going on in Nick's house, but he texted me and said, this is a good walkout, and I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, is he watching... Am I on delay in my house because I'm watching the fucking adverts, right? No, this would be a great tune, this for walkout, because I thought you were talking about a fighter coming out. Yeah, yeah. And then the next fight happened, and I looked at the walkout music, and no, I'm not really a big fan of any of that. And then you mentioned, no, the Gene Wilder, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory music. <laughs> That'd be wicked for a walkout music, which was on an advert. Yeah, yeah, car advert, yeah. So you got excited about a car advert. I was just, I was sitting there and I was kind of, it was between rounds and I'm sitting there, you know, having a little look on social media, see what people are thinking. And then I just hears this soundtrack in the background and I was thinking, fuck, this would be a killer walkout tune. No one's ever done it as far as I know, but this would be an absolute belter. Lights out. Light, lights are down now. Okay, so it's pitch black now in the arena and everyone's, you know, like quiet, stunned down. Okay, still no lights. I'm gonna... Does the fighter have to be dressed up? Do they have to have a mask, like an umpalumpa mask or yeah. anything like that? No, you have umpalumpas with you. So now you've got some dripping, like white lights. You know, like it's raining. Here we go. Can I just say that everyone's he... kind of getting excited now? The umpalumpas are all lined up down the walk, down the walkway. It's been about ten years since uh, since Nick did any marijuana. All right. <laughs> True. Here we go. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Make a wish. <laughs> Count to ten. <laughs> Boom. And the lights come up really slow, mellow, and you're standing there, you've got your cane and your top hat on, 
You know, maybe one of them big giant lollipops or something. Your opponents in the ring thinking, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this Where am I? This beef Someone spiked me water. What's going on? Umpalumpas everywhere, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. You got you going for the full walkout on that? Uh, literally the full walkout like this. And halfway halfway there, you could have like a fat kid, Gustless Gloop, throw him over the fence. <laughs> a kid dressed as a little cowboy, Mike TV, you give him a left hook. Golden tickets, every. Oh, see what I mean? You can theme it. You can theme the whole event. That's some batshit crazy stuff, man. It's going to happen. Um, if you think Nick has lost his mind, please just tweet us at Fight Disciples. That would be works. absolutely wonderful. You know what? I'd like to hear anyone else's ideas from, not necessarily walkouts, because everyone's done that, movie tune walkouts, you know. You can't have any one. Rocky. No, no, obviously no, they're too obvious. But, you know, one like that, that's a great shout. I that, think that's a phenomenal walkout, that. Your opponent would be terrified. He's fucking lost it, man. He's lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for listening to our show. Um, there's three for you this week. There's obviously Come our Radio City me. Talk Show, fightdisciples.com. Our UFC well, one's available tomorrow. Your imagination. Fucking hell, he's singing, mate. <laughs> singing. <laughs> fightdisciples.com. Thank you very much. Go and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, and you can keep up to date with all our conversation this week at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and if you would like to comment on one, Nick singing, and two, his choice of walkout music, you're more than welcome to do so. Yep. Come on, Frampton. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.